All right. Good morning. Uh, if you don't mind taking out your celebration guides for just a moment, um, we always struggle with announcements. Uh, most of the time, we don't like announcements. You know, it just seems to take away from everything. However, we do know it's important because that's the life of a church. It goes on other than just Sunday morning. However, to let you know what we kind of started doing, to give you, uh, I'm probably still going to announce maybe the key things, the, especially if it's like a once a month thing, like this week is our joy uh, ice cream social on Tuesday. Um, and so those kind of like monthly things we'll announce, but the things that come up all the time, what we're going to ask you to start doing and believe me, I'm not good at this, but look on the very back. See that thing says, scan me. Most of y'all know how to do that. You know how to, listen, I do not use my phone to buy anything. I don't scan it. I don't do anything. I pay cash for everything. But I know a lot of people don't. That's okay. I don't do online banking either. I ain't going to do that. Um, but anyway, if you scan that, you'll find you, all the announcements will pop up. Um, and so anyway, just to let you know that. All right. Other than that, uh, again, as we already announced, the um, Joy ice cream coming up. And then the back to school. Uh, supply drive for Rock Crusher Elementary. We've been doing that for years now, and we'd like to continue doing that. And um, I think the supply lists are located throughout the church. I think they restocked it. So for you to know what to bring for the kids that need help at Rock Crusher Elementary. All right. Everything copacetic? Let's stand. Welcome somebody around you to church. seen shame, the kind that comes from mistakes, the kind that won't go away. I turned around and they were right there to remind me. I've seen regret, the kind that messes with your head, the failures and the camp gets to stand here now. I'm thanking God is behind me, cause I've seen nail start hands reach out wipe it all away now I see grace
That's a promise, amen. That's a great promise from our Lord. Amen. This is Pastor's request this morning. I love this song. It's been a long time. But this is a little different version.
God, this morning, as we continue our worship through our giving, Lord, may you use it, may you bless it, and use it for your kingdom. We pray these things in your precious son's name. Amen. on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Are you there? <laughs> Let's stand. This is your opportunity to tell the Lord how great he is, how much he means to you this morning. So if you've got breath in there, I know you do. Give life, you 
Breathe.
thank you for this beautiful morning with the rain. We need it. We know it comes from, from your hand. And Lord, as we get ready to share this message today, we've been praying for a long time about this message because, Lord, we know that it, it is probably one of the most vital sermons that we will ever preach to help your people that are here to understand what forgiveness really is and be willing to not only be forgiven, but to be forgivers. And we ask and pray that all of us, this pastor included, will search my own heart for anything that, or anyone that I might be holding anything against and be willing to submit it to the cross of Jesus Christ. We ask it in your name. Amen. This is the third message in the series on the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. The first one we did was a word of assurance, how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. The second one last week was uh, the word of love of Jesus uh, commending his mother to John and, and so forth. We've actually had two of the best responses to messages um, the last two Sundays. And so I think we're on to something here. And I think the Lord is going to use today and next week to really solidify what Jesus did say from the cross. Today is the first thing that he said, the first statement that he gave. So the title of the message is The Word of Forgiveness and forgiving like Jesus, why we should and how we can. And my guess, as I look around in this group, this is a, you're a great group of people. And I mean that. I mean, we got a, I know there's a few old sore heads here and there, but we got, this is a great group of people. And, but I know that we struggle you know, in some areas of our life, and if there's ever an area that you maybe are struggling with, it would be in this area of forgiveness. So my guess is there's not a person in here that doesn't need to hear what I'm going to say about forgiveness. Maybe just a reminder or an encouragement. God knows how many times I've needed it on different occasions in my life. So we're going to be looking <clears throat> at Luke, again, we're in the same chapter of Luke, chapter 23, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, and we're going to use that as our focal uh, passage. Now, I want to say this first off. The majority of people in this country, in this world, but in this country, and most people, in fact, most Christians, are you listening? Most Christians do not obey the Lord in this area. We got everything else down pat, but we don't, we do not obey the Lord totally in this area. Let's find out what it's all about and how we can become obedient. Luke chapter 23 and beginning in verse 32, two others, criminals, were also led astray to be executed with him. 
when they arrived at a place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, and this is our focus, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And they divided his clothes and they cast lots. Notice that phrase, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. In this, we get a picture of Jesus praying for the people who are crucifying him. Amen? Asking God to forgive them and speaking to God on their behalf. To me, this is an unbelievable, remarkable moment. Who is it that's being forgiven? It's the Roman soldiers. It's the Pharisees. It's the religious leaders that have have conspired to put him there. It's all the people standing around mocking him and making fun of him. But folks, this verse that we just read doesn't make sense unless you understand the person and the ministry of Jesus himself. You can take this out of context and just read it glibly and, and Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But unless you see how regularly Jesus lived a life like that of forgiveness and that he calls us to do the exact same. So this verse, verse 34, only makes sense when you see why Jesus would say such a thing. Now, forgiving like Jesus, why should I? And okay, if I agree that I should, then how can I do that? First thing to write down, I've broken this into a few sections. Forgiveness is the pattern of Jesus. It is the pattern of Jesus. Folks, even in the phrase itself, we don't get it totally sometimes in the English translation. But in that verse 34 of Luke 23, even the way Jesus said it in the original language um, is, is something else. And that is, it is what we call, if some of you grammar teachers, in the continual sense. They, the Greeks would say a continual verb. So it meaning this is something that is ongoing and something that he's always been doing. Let's follow that. His words will kind of help us understand this. So how are we going to understand what he really meant by this? Well, in Luke 24, we, we see what happened here. And I'd like to begin at some other places because this took place at the end of his ministry but I'd like for you to find out what did he say at the beginning of his ministry that can help us to understand why he would say such a thing now as Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. So if you want to look quickly at Matthew 5, 44, Jesus is in the very early part of his ministry. And here's what he says. I tell you, meaning us, us today, love your enemy, Pray for those who persecute you. Is that hard to do? You better believe it. Forgiveness requires being hurt. I mean, you don't, you, there's nothing to forgive if you don't feel like you've been hurt. 
but it says that we are to forgive those who have hurt us. Jesus lived this as a consistent life and a consistent message of forgiveness. And we see it all throughout his ministry. If you went to the Last Supper, when they're, they're in the upper room, and in Matthew 26, it's not in your notes, but let me read to you what, it, what Jesus said. My blood is the new covenant which is poured out for many. Why? For the forgiveness of sin. Folks, Jesus shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. Do we agree with that? So that we could be forgiven. 700 years before he said that, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, very important prophecy. Isaiah is prophesying what's going to happen 700 years later. And he says the Messiah is going to come and he's going to suffer to make intercession for you so that you can be forgiven. What am I saying? Forgiveness is the pattern of his life. Agreed? Forgiveness is the pattern of his life. I look at the book of Acts. I find a man, just a man, not an apostle, just somebody in the church that, that was faithful. His name was Stephen. He is being killed. He's being martyred. He's being stoned for one thing, standing up for the Lord just admitting that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. So in Acts chapter 6, they're stoning this man, and here's what he says. He called out, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And saying this, he fell asleep or he died. Why would Stephen do that? They are stoning him to death. So why would he do that? Because that was the pattern he learned of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he knew about his life. Forgiveness requires that we are hurt. But folks, forgiving those who have hurt us or hurt somebody that maybe means something to us, when you do that, are you listening? You are choosing to be like Jesus. And you cannot be just like Jesus. You may be like him in coming to church, giving, in uh, being kind to other people. But if we are not forgiving of those who have hurt us, we are not acting like Christ. Now, you know, Christianity, by the way, is the only religion where you have somebody who is willing to take your sin and to die for your sin. And, and I know a lot of the other religions, they get upset, and, and, and that, that is not appreciated by most people today. People get upset when you say that Christianity is unique, and it's the only way that you can be forgiven uh, because they follow Buddha, or they follow Muhammad, or they follow the Dalai Lama, or Hare Krishna, or whatever it may be. But not one of them ever said Here's how to get rid of your sin. None of them. As a matter of fact, folks, right now there's a controversy going on in some of the major denominations about whether really Christianity is exclusive. But I'm here to tell you it is. At the end of the day, at the, at the end of the day, the foundational principle of Christianity is forgiveness. Did you get that? It, it is forgiveness. 
That is what everything is built around, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin in our place to forgive us so that we might be forgiven and that we might then become forgivers. Now, I'm getting to something here to make it more practical. Matthew chapter 6, again, Jesus said in the early part of his ministry, if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoings. And here's something that I have heard actually from Christian people. Okay, I'll forgive them, but I don't want nothing else to do with them. You ever heard that? Would somebody t show me that in the Bible? I'm going to give you a verse here in a minute that's going to blow that out of the water. Yes, I forgive them. Yes, I, I, I'm going to move on with this thing, but I don't want anything else to do with them. Folks, it is not always the easiest thing to do. Now watch this. Are you watching this? When, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Did he mean they don't know that they're crucifying me? No. They knew what they were doing. They knew that they were killing him. They knew that he was on a cross. So that's not what he meant. They don't know what they're doing. He meant they don't understand the spiritual implication and the emotional trauma of what they're doing to me right now. So that's why it's not always the easiest thing to do. You know, I've always heard that if you want to build a crowd at church, you preach on one of three things. And people will flock to the church. If you preach on sex, people will come to church to hear sermons on sex. If you preach on the end times and get yourself some charts and some uh, boards and some things that show dates and, and you name names and you tell them who the Antichrist is going to be, people will flock to that. Or that's number two. Or number three, if you preach on will there be sex in the end times, then number, just joking here. That's the third one. People will pack in to hear those messages. Are you listening? That may be true, but I'm convinced, folks. Listen to this, please. If you teach people how to be forgiven and how to be forgivers, our lives would change so much. We would be so attractive to the outside world, people would be flocking to Christ. But they don't see it in our lives. They hear it, but they don't see it. We say we forgive, but they don't see us acting like we forgive. And I think part of that difficulty is what Mark Twain said years ago. He wrote this down, actually, that church was where good people stand in front of good people to tell them how to be good people. But you know what? I read that and I wanted to say, Mark, I love you, but you're wrong there. Church is a microcosm of society, and everything that goes on out there goes on here. And all the problems that are out there, we bring into here. So it, that's just the way it is. So what are we going to do? We're, we should be doing in here what they're not going to do out there, and that is forgiving. When we have been hurt, forgiving. All right. Obvious question then. All right, then how do I follow Jesus? You said that's a pattern. Well, how am I going to follow him? Well, it begins, here's some things to write down. One, you have to decide that you're going to forgive. Did I forget a fill in the bank? 
Well, you know what that's going to say, right? We forgive because Jesus forgave us. I guess that's what it's going to say. I don't know. Yes, he forgave you. Why do I not have that in pink? I'm supposed to have that. Anyway, the first one, do I have that about you have to decide to forgive? All right, you have to decide to forgive. What do you mean? I mean it's an act of your will. You do it because it's right, not because it's easy. And the old English word forgive is actually from two old English words from the word gyphon, which means a gift. So what are they saying? Well, in the original language that the Bible was written in, it's saying that when you forgive somebody, you cancel their debt. What they owe you, you mark it off. And, and, and the passages, folks, in the Bible, as I went through from Genesis to Revelation, the passages in the Bible that talk about forgiving and that command us, every one of them says it is something you do. It is not something you have to feel, but it is something you do. So we forgive because Jesus forgave you. That is both the reason and that is the means. All right. Let's go now to Psalm 86 and verse 4. For you, Lord, are kind and ready to what? Forgive. Forgive. Abundant and faithful love to all who call on you. Two things he said, Lord, you're kind and you're ready to forgive. Folks, God by nature is a forgiver. His grace is unimaginable to me. Now, here's a verse. This is what I told you that's going to kick it all out of the water. Colossians 3.13, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. What does that first word say in that? Accepting and forgiving. So if you say, okay, I forgive them, but I want nothing else to do with them, that's disobedient. That's not accepting. The Lord says you accept him. Now listen, I'm going to say something in a minute. Um, There are different degrees of forgiveness. I know that. Depending on how bad the offense was, I know that. But most of the things that people get mad about and upset about and won't forgive are not those big, huge things of being sexually abused or beat up or whatever it may be. It's the little things of a didn't like the way you looked at me, didn't like the thing you said, and I misinterpreted it the wrong way, and on and on and on and on. So he says, accepting one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, I circle the words just as, and so also you must forgive. Folks, it's who the Lord is. Would we agree with that? Being a forgiver is who he is. And I want you to know something. Some of us, in our personalities, it's easier for us to forgive than others. Amen? There are some people, our personalities tend to lean more toward forgiveness than, than other people. But I want you to know that forgiveness of big, big offenses does not come natural to me. And it's not going to come natural to you. So I'm not, I don't want to sit up here this morning and give you a message on forgiveness that you could watch the guy, that guy Wayne Dyer, you know, the bald-headed guy, that you could watch him and he could give you. Are you listening? 
I want to give you a message on forgiveness that will be true only because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's what forgiveness is. That changes everything. Another reason, write it down, that I need to forgive because you need to be set free. You need to be set free. If you don't, listen, if you don't forgive, and I mean totally, not just in words, then the person that, forgi- that, that hurt you retains a hold on you. You know, there's some strong words in the Bible and some very strong pictures about our need to forgive others and what happens when we don't. Let me just look at some things here. In that Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 12, forgive us, we pray this, this is supposed to be the part of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Verse 14 says, for if we forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your father will not forgive your wrongdoings. Then there's a parable. I talked about it a few weeks ago in Matthew 18, where Peter went to the Lord and said, Lord, if my brother um, sins against me, how many times do I forgive him? Seven. And the Lord said, no, 70 times seven. And we, we explained to you that that doesn't mean 490. I mean, I mean, good night. I used up 490 in the fourth grade. I use that all up. I mean, listen, what if God only forgave me 490 times, then said, that's it, done. No more beyond that. We would all be in trouble. Then he talks about how the kingdom of heaven, watch this, this, this is something. He, he talks about how the kingdom of heaven, and, and he gives this parable. He said there was this king, and this king was settling all of his money accounts. So he, he, he had a servant that owed him a million dollars. And he said to him, you pay me everything you owe me. And the guy said, just please give me time. I'll do my best. And he fell down on his knees and he begged him for help and time. And it said that the king said, you know what? I'll just forgive it. You're forgiven and you don't owe me anything. And then that man went out and found a guy that owed him $100 and said, pay me what you owe me. And he wouldn't do it. And he said he grabbed him around the throat. And he shook him and he said, you pay me everything you owe me. And the man said, just be patient with me and I will. And he wouldn't. He threw him into prison until he could pay it all off. So they went back to the original king and said, do you know what that guy did that you forgave a million dollars? And they told him. And he took him and he threw him in prison. And here's what it says. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. Wow. That's, that's pretty tough. What is the point? The point is compared to the forgiveness that I have in Christ, how could I dare not forgive somebody else that maybe offended me in some little way? Now, as I said, are you listening? I know it gets more difficult as the offense grows. I know it does that. But I want to tell you something. Now, I've never shared this with you, and I'm not going to share with you details because it would distract from, from what I want to, to say. But I could take you back to a time in my life where, man, I was, I was offended and wronged and hurt in an unbelievable way. I mean, by, not just by actions, but by words that if I told you, it would shock you to the core. 
But here's the thing I want you to understand. The reason that you have to forgive those kind of things is because it will literally tear you apart. So this person to this very second has never apologized, has never admitted what they did or didn't do, never has yet, and I don't expect that to happen. So in 1993, July of 93, I'm on my way back. I t- the summer was here. I had gone out and visited Colorado, out there where I'd been for a, c- a couple of weeks out there. Came back, and it was this thing was just eating me up of what had happened, just eating me alive. I stopped in Dothan, Alabama, my last stop before coming home the next day. Got a room in a Holiday Inn, and I go in there, and I put everything down, turn the TV on, and guess what's on TV? Being Atlanta, Georgia, Charles Stanley. Whoever was there before had it on that channel. And he's preaching a message called the freedom of forgiveness. And it blew me away. And that is when I was able to get on my knees and say, you're forgiven. And I don't hold this against you and I'm not going to wish evil. You say, preacher, from what you were describing, it sounds like they don't deserve to be forgiven. You're right. You're right. But neither did I. When I think of the things that I've done against the Lord, folks, forgiveness is what God is, and it's why he came. Really quickly, if you'd write this down, we also can forgive for its own reward. I mean, the Lord promised us this. I'm not going to spend but a second here. In um, Luke 6, 35, here's another one. Love your enemies. Do what is good. Lend and respect nothing in return, then your reward will be great. Listen, if Jesus says there's going to be a reward for you forgiving, then I'm going to tell you there's going to be a reward for forgiving. You know the story of Joseph, of what his brothers did to him? Don't want to go into the whole story. But how, folks, you know what they did to him? Sold their brother into slavery. Put him in a pit and sold him. And then he was falsely accused and for 17 to 30 for 13 years. I mean, the man was in prisons and, 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 and being mistreated. And at the end, when his brothers all got back together, he said this to them, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. And they were worried to death that he was going to repay them once Jacob died. He said, no. He said, I was put there for a reason. And so he forgave them. In Luke chapter 7, verse 47, is that woman, the Bible says, was a sinful woman that was washing the Lord's feet with her hair. And the people were saying, oh, if God just knew, if if that was really the Lord there, he, he would know what kind of a woman that is. She's a sinner. Here's what Jesus said. No, leave her alone. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little, loves little. If you don't really understand and recognize the depth of what God did to forgive you, you won't forgive other people. But when you get it down that, man, this is how bad it was for me, and God has totally forgiven that, it's easy then to offer forgiveness to other people. And people say, well, you know what, that's great, I'll forgive, but you know what? We just got to move on. Well, that's great. That's great. Nice to hear it. 
But you can go to any bookstore that you want right now, and there will be rows and rows of books on forgiveness and how you can get over it and you can move on. But the one thing they won't tell you, Jesus said, you can do this in the power that I will provide for you. Your reward will be great. And that's who you want to be. You want to be a person who can forgive. And then maybe the hardest of all, write this one down. You forgive those who don't deserve it. Amen? You forgive those who don't deserve it. Folks, when somebody comes to you and they ask for forgiveness, it's easier. Maybe not easy, but it's easier. But whenever somebody doesn't come to you or they refuse to acknowledge what they, the pain they caused you, it gets harder. But you can forgive them anyway. You know why? Because you don't deserve to be forgiven. That's what it's all about. Luke 17, be on your guard. If your brother sins seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, when I read that, I think that don't go together. That's like two separate things. Interesting. How does one relate to the other? Well, the, the, the apostles hear him say, look, if he comes to you seven times and asks for forgiveness, you do it. It's like, oh, then Lord, you better increase my faith for me to be able to do that. If you are a person of, a, of forgiveness, you're going to need extra grace from the Lord. Amen. Now, for some of you um, today, maybe you just needed to be reminded. You, you know, my prayer and my hope is that you will work through the issues of forgiveness. Um, it's not natural. That's why it's not done very often. Forgiveness is rare. Biblical forgiveness is rare. It's rare because it's hard. It's hard because it's costly. And it's costly because at its core, it is substitution. You let them go free. You take the pain, you take the hurt, and they get to go free. That's why hardly anybody wants to do it. That's why I said in the church today, it, it, not many people are obeying God in this area. And that doesn't mean you say, forgiveness doesn't mean, oh, it's nothing. Uh, you know, no. If you, if you believe that you were hurt, then it's something. And, the, and it needs to be dealt with. But still, the Lord says, we are to forgive them. So I give my hurt to Jesus. I give that person to the Lord. I forgive because he forgave me. And I don't want, I don't want anybody here to, to leave here today unforgiven or unwilling to forgive. But for some of you, what you need to do is to respond to how the Lord is working in your heart in this area of forgiving somebody. I know it's not easy. I know that. Some of you like to say, I'd like to leave right now before decision time. I understand. But please take a few moments with me and let's talk to the Lord for a moment about this issue. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we do come before you today recognizing that we are forgiven because you were forsaken. We're accepted. You were condemned because of your amazing love. And because of that, we can experience the supernatural power to forgive other people. And Lord, it is supernatural. Lord, I know I'm not sitting up here saying something easy. And all of our personalities are not the same. It's harder for some of us than others. But there's no qualifiers in Scripture. Nothing that we read today says do this unless or accept. And that's what I love about your word. It applies to all of us. Every personality, every uh, way of being brought up, regardless. Now, as you're there with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and in just an attitude of prayer, maybe throughout the message today, someone was coming to your mind. Maybe a friend, former friend, family member. Could you say to Jesus, help me to truly forgive? And just pray silently to yourself and to the Lord. And not because they deserve it, not because it's easy. Help us to live a life that is really a life of being forgiven and being a forgiver. We ask and pray in your precious name. Amen. Let's stand together. Forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Spirit is within me because you died, rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. Lord, thank you for the uh, attention today and the heart reception of people in this message. Please help me to take it to my heart and to practice it in my life. Thank you for the rain. Keep these folks safe and the ones coming in as we leave. In Christ we pray. Amen.